Let us pray. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Mark 2.4 As I ponder and meditate on Mark 2 and Matthew 9, I stand in awe of how the two stories connect. In the same way that the friends got to Jesus in unconventional ways, so too did the outcasts, misfits, and tax collectors get to Jesus in unconventional ways. Jesus, may this story and your life serve as a reminder that you came to heal all that are lost and in need of healing, both physically and, more importantly, spiritually. No matter what their condition, I am committing my life to be able to be a helping hand to those in need of your forgiveness and grace. I will not look to title or economic standing to determine the passion of my pursuit. I will rip a hole through the roof, push through a crowd, or sit with those forgotten if it means they receive their breakthrough and healing. Thank you in advance, for using me to lend a helping hand to people that are hurting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year, brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. A hole in the roof. In our last story, Jesus climbed a small hill and preached to thousands of people about the kingdom of God. He spoke about the backwards economy of God's blessings, that the poor in spirit, meek and mourning are the ones to inherit ultimate blessing from God. He spoke of loving your enemies, not harboring hatred in your heart, and removing judgment from your mind. All these things caused awe and wonder in those listening. Now we witness the faithful devotion of a few friends. They truly act out the kingdom of God by doing whatever it takes to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. They even risk vandalism and arrest to make sure their loved one is healed. Inspired by the Gospels. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. Once again, we are so happy about the over 20 million people who have joined us on this podcast. And I would encourage you right now to pass this podcast along to others. Let them know because we want to get the Word of God to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. So let's pick up where we left off the last time. We heard Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount in our last episode. He laid out God's standard for true righteousness and made it clear that righteousness is not self-righteousness, but righteousness in Christ. That is a matter of the heart, not just words or actions. Ultimately, Jesus was making a clear case for our need of a Savior, our desperate need for his salvation. Today, we'll hear of a man and his friends who demonstrated great faith and friendship as they went to extraordinary length to help their friend receive the healing he needed from Jesus. We'll also hear how Jesus called Matthew, a hated tax collector, to be one of his 12 disciples. 
In both stories, the religious elite become angry at Jesus' words and deeds as they fail to see who this man who heals and forgives really is, the Lord of life, the Lord of all. Let's listen now to the reading of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The three friends stood outside the crowded house. Hundreds of people surrounded the property so they could hear Jesus teach. Two of them stood, the other one laid on a stretcher. The man laying down was completely paralyzed from the neck down. His friends had brought him to the house in hopes that Jesus would be able to heal him. However, the house was overflowing with so many people, almost all hope of seeing Jesus was lost. The two men looked down at their friend, trying to hold back their tears. Then one of them looked at the house again. His eyes scanned the property. He smiled and looked at the others. I have an idea, he said. Jesus was teaching in the middle of the home. Hundreds of people sat and stood around him, hanging on every word he said. Jesus was speaking of the kingdom of God. He spoke of God's law, his love, and his forgiveness. As Jesus was speaking, he felt a small piece of plaster fall on his head. Startled, Jesus looked up to the ceiling to see the roof being torn apart from the outside. Jesus stood to his feet, and the crowd stepped back as more roofing fell from the ceiling onto the floor. A bright light shone through the ceiling. Then, all of a sudden, Jesus saw a silhouette of a man on a stretcher being lowered down by ropes. The two friends had found a way to Jesus. Although it was unconventional and perhaps illegal, they were willing to do whatever it took. The paralytic was lowered slowly. Jesus went under the man and helped him to the floor. Jesus looked up at the hole in the ceiling. He could see the friends' guilty smiles. Jesus grinned and looked down at the man. He placed his hand on his shoulder and said, My child, your sins are forgiven. As Jesus said this, a scribe in the crowd scoffed, His sins are forgiven? What authority do you have to forgive sins? God alone has the power to forgive sins. The scribe spat on the ground, angry at Jesus' words. Jesus looked at the man with compassion. He knew the scribe was questioning his words. Jesus smiled and answered him, Tell me, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And immediately as Jesus said this, the man's legs began to move. The paralytic's eyes widened as he lifted himself upright. Jesus stood up and helped the man to his feet. The two of them embraced and the man picked up his bed and walked out. The crowd parted to make way for the man and Jesus could see his two friends standing outside hugging him and leaping for joy. Standing shoulder to shoulder, the three men walked away back to their homes. After these things, Jesus went out and sat by the sea. The waves crashed gently on the shore. The breeze whistled to the left, and Jesus watched as crowds began to approach him. Their needs were endless, but so was his love for them. To his right, Jesus saw a man named Matthew. He was a tax collector and hated among his Jewish kin. Tax collectors were considered Jewish traitors. They whored themselves to the Roman government and used corruption for their own gain. Matthew, however, felt the weight of his sins. He sat at his booth with his head held low, ashamed of who he had become. Jesus approached the booth. Matthew had grown accustomed to men and women coming to the tax booth to spit on him and ridicule him. However, Jesus simply smiled and said two simple words that would change Matthew's life forever. 
follow me, Jesus said plainly. Then he began to walk off. Matthew paused for a moment and looked at the pile of coins and paper at his desk. Was he truly willing to sacrifice wealth and favor with Rome to follow Jesus? Was Jesus worth it? Matthew looked at Jesus walking away. Yes, it is worth everything, he thought to himself. Matthew stood to his feet and ran after Jesus. The two of them connected, and Matthew hosted Jesus and his followers at his home. They laughed and shared stories. However, not all were amused. The Pharisees stood outside the house with their arms crossed. They stopped one of his disciples and said, Look how he dines with tax collectors and sinners. Aren't you ashamed to follow him? The disciple paused, unsure of how he should answer. Before he could say anything, Jesus stepped outside and approached them. His eyes were piercing, filled with deep wisdom. Tell me, Jesus said, who needs a doctor more, the sick or the healthy? I have not come to sit at the table of the righteous, but to help sinners in need. Jesus left with his disciple back inside. As he left, he gestured for the Pharisees to join him. They sneered and left. As we begin the story of Jesus today, we find him teaching in a very crowded house. People are squeezed in from wall to wall and spilling out of the door as they listen to the wise words of this teacher, Jesus, who was unlike anyone they had ever heard before. We then discovered that some men had heard that Jesus would be nearby, and they had known of his healing ministry. Perhaps they'd seen some of the miracles happen. But for whatever reason, they knew that this was an opportunity to help a dear friend, a man who was paralyzed and helpless. They wanted to get their friend to Jesus. He would not have the ability to get to Jesus on his own, immobile as he was. But these friends demonstrated true love and compassion as they carried the man to the home where Jesus was speaking. When they arrived, it seemed impossible to get to Jesus. There were so many people around. And apparently no one else cared for the paralyzed man and wouldn't let him through. But these four friends were undeterred and undaunted. They climbed up on the roof and dug out a hole so that they could lower the man to Jesus. Talk about determination and dedication, compassion and cooperation. It's all here. They could have easily packed up and left, heads hanging low, defeated, sad because their friend would remain crippled. But that's not what they did. They insisted on seeking after Jesus and the promise of healing they believe he could give to their friend. What a great reminder this is, that we should have compassion upon people that we love and care about, that we should do everything possible to spend and be spent in order to bring our friends and even people we don't know to Jesus. Are we willing to push through every obstacle, to search for every possible way to connect those who need the Lord to the one and the only one who can make a difference in their lives? Or do we just give a half-hearted attempt and turn away at the slightest setback? Pray that God would give you and me strong determination and devotion to get our friends to Jesus. These men show us the valuable lesson that Jesus taught about asking and seeking and knocking and never giving up because the answer will come. When Jesus saw the man coming down from the ceiling, he went into action. Going to the man and speaking to him, here is what he said in Luke 5, verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. 
first notice that Jesus was not speaking of this man's faith, the crippled man's faith, but the faith of his friends. It was their faith that brought the man to Jesus. Our actions, when done in faith, believing God, have significant impact on the lives of others. Our faith moves from faith to faith. Notice that Jesus doesn't immediately heal the man's body. His first words are words of forgiveness. The crowd, and especially the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, take note of this. It's offensive and shocking to them that Jesus would claim to be able to forgive sins. That's something only God can do. But Jesus shocked them again as he spoke to reveal their hidden thoughts. He asked if it would be easier to say the man's sins were forgiven or to tell the man to get up and walk. Clearly, it would be easier to just say his sins were forgiven because there would be no visual proof of this having worked or not. So he turned to the man and told him to take up his mat and go home. Immediately, the man was healed. He stood up from his cot and began praising God. With those words, Jesus showed that he has the power to both heal, but most importantly, to heal the soul, to forgive sins. Everyone praised God in amazement for what they saw Jesus do. We then see Jesus calling another disciple. This time, it was a man named Matthew. He was a tax collector, which means the Jewish people saw him as a traitor and a servant of the invading Roman government. Tax collectors were not respected or revered members of Jewish society. They were just included with all the other sinners. So when the religious crowd saw Jesus with tax collectors, they once again sneered and scoffed that this man would stoop so low as to associate with outcasts and sinners. How could anyone follow such a man, they thought. And once more, Jesus called them out for their hypocrisy. He had come to heal the sick, to help sinners, not the righteous. They could not understand that the purpose of Christ's coming was to save sinful people. The righteousness of the Pharisees and the religious crowd was only skin deep, and that they needed healing, soul healing, just as much as the tax collectors and the sinners. Christ came into the world to save sinners like you and me. Jesus was ready and willing for all to follow him, but so many rejected him, especially those who were very religious, and yet he kept on helping people, loving people and would one day go to a cross to lay down his life so that our sins could be forgiven. Dear God, we thank you for the four faithful friends who go to great lengths to show your love and compassion to their friend for the healing and the power of Jesus to save. Help us, Lord, to be friends like these to people we know and to do whatever it takes to bring people to the loving, saving arms of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. You can download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life, just like over 20 million people have done to this date. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know and love, because by sharing this message of the Word of God, you can make an eternal difference in someone's life. And I want to encourage you to go to jackgraham.org. That's me at jackgraham.org. We have resources available to you. And we're also taking a trip, two trips next year, one to Israel leaving April the 1st, and then an Alaskan adventure and Bible study cruise in July of 2024. 
You can go to our website, jackgram.org, or Prestonwood, that's P-R-E-S-T-O-N-W-O-O-D.org, Prestonwood.org, for information about the trip to Israel and the cruise to Alaska. God bless you, and we look forward to joining you again the next time. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.